Chapter 29, Esplin 9466. We have multiple contacts, Subvisor 12. I heard the title and swelled with pleasure. I had been newly promoted, up from Subvisor 17, my first command rank. It was a jump of five places. Subvisors 16 and 14 had been promoted. Subvisor 13 had been killed in battle against Horkbegir rebels. Subvisor 15 had been executed for incompetence and cowardice. Relay the sensor data to Blade Ship, Alahar 7865, I ordered. It was just the two of us aboard the tiny bug fighter, but I was in command. I was the twelfth highest ranking subvisor. Beyond that, there were nine visors. But every day, there were promotions. Every day, new subvisors and visors were added. We were growing. These were amazing, heady days. The only problems had come from the self-styled Horkbishir army, led by that vile Andalite girl and Doc Hami. I had underestimated them both, especially Doc Hami. We took more and more Horkbegir who had been close to him, and when we opened their memories, we learned about the Horkbegir seer. He had turned his people from peaceful, stupid herbivores into fearless and dangerous guerrilla fighters. I had not been able to catch the Andalite or the seer. I had not kept my promise to Akdor. But that no longer mattered. The great Akdor had been killed by a Hork-Bajir firing one of our own Dracon beams. And then, our second very unpleasant surprise. A small fleet of Andalite ships had popped out of zero space, shockingly close to the Hork-Bajir world. They had annihilated two of our ships in orbit. That's what had happened to Subvisor 15. He'd been in charge of orbital defense. Subvisor 15 would die for his incompetence, after a few more days of suffering. Slowly, we'd come to realize that this was not the full Andalite fleet. This was a task force. Just fighters and transports. Faster than our ships, but not as heavily armed. And we had ground bases. The blade ship says they see the Andalites. Visser 4's orders are for all fighters to attack. Of course those are his orders, I grumbled. Let the Andalites chew up the fighters, and then he can come in with his blade ship, finish the battle, and claim all the glory. There was nothing I could do about it. Andalites, Alar muttered unhappily. Is it true they control their ships with their thoughts? I sighed. The Andalites are very advanced, very powerful, very determined, but they are not unbeatable. Prepare to go to full space normal speed. On my signal. Now! We lit up our engines and hurtled along the arc of our orbit. Andalite ships ahead. My brother Yurks all around us. The two fleets closed with shocking swiftness. I took the weapon station. I fit my Horkbizure hands around the stick. Be ready. The Andalites will close to within 5,000 meters. Then they will break formation and attempt to dive beneath us so they can shoot upwards into our bellies. The Andalites came straight for us. 50,000 meters. 40,000. 30,000. 20,000. Some of the other bugfighters were already firing, 
the fools. But at this range, the Indolate defense shields were too strong. The Indolate shits flared, shrugging off the energy. 10,000 meters. 5,000. Foom! The formation broke, just as I'd known it would. We were ready. I hit the altitude controls, dropped our nose, and fired. Twin beams of brilliant red light lanced toward the Indolite ship. A hit! The Indolite fighter exploded into sizzling debris. I caught a split-second glance of an Indolite body hurtling by. Yes! Now you see! They are not unbeatable! All the hours of studying the enemy was paying off. Two of our bugfighters destroyed! Alahar reported. That cooled my excitement somewhat. Two to one in favor of the Indolites. But the one kill had been mine. Bring the ship around, but take us out of this orbit. Take us down a few miles. Let's see if we can draw the Indolites within range of our ground bases. We have an Indolite fighter on our tail. Down we went. Down and down, till I could look down into one valley and see the trees. The Endolite stayed with us. Evasive maneuvers, I said. The shutters missed us by inches. We jigged left, we jigged right, but the Endolite pilot would not let go. Ah, ah, we've been hit, we've been hit. Give me a damage report, you coward. Um, um, left Dracon beam is out. Right side is still working. Take us down, down to the treetop level and head north along the valley. We dropped into the valley. Trees flashed by on both sides. The blue mist below swirled in our wake. The Indolite was on us. On us? Setting up a shot. A single, massively powerful Dracon beam lanced from the ground and hit the pursuing Indolite. In the view screen, I saw the right side of his ship explode. The Indolite pilot was still alive, still fighting to get some control, when his wrecked fighter hit a thousand-foot-tall tree. Take us back up, I ordered. Needless to say, Alahar was no longer so frightened or reluctant. We zoomed recklessly through the trees and back up towards space. I'm not showing any Indolite ships now, Alahar said. They've run! Yes, he agreed. I'm showing four disabled or destroyed Andalite ships. Seven of ours. Still almost two to one for them. I nodded. So it is. But unless they bring reinforcements very quickly, it will be enough. Chapter 30 Doc Hummy we were not saved by the Endolites. Instead, the war simply intensified. The Endolite main fleet was on its way, but it would not arrive for a year. From time to time, new Endolite forces would show up. They were individual ships that had been on patrol and heard the call for help. A fighter here, a transport there a few dozen more Endolite warriors to throw into the battle. The Yurks were forced out of my own valley, 
but they were strengthening everywhere else. The Endolite ships took to hiding in zero space, popping out of normal space until they were needed. They no longer had the power to remain in orbit and survive. On the ground, Alaron led a valiant effort, but it was merely a holding action. There were victories, but at the end of each passing week, there were fewer Endolites and more of my people enslaved. After six months, the 2,000 Endolite warriors had been reduced to 400. My 42 orc warriors were now just 12. We estimated that there were now a hundred thousand hork controllers. We hid among the Arn for the most part. The Arn didn't like it, but they were helpless. Of course, the secret of the Arn was now well known to the Yurks. As Quetzalcanon had predicted, the Yurks discovered they could not successfully infest the Arn. So the Yurks used the Arn in other valleys as slave labor to mine their raw materials, and to build Yurk ships. When an Arn was injured or worn out, the Yurks used them for target practice. But the Arn in my valley were untouched. The Yurks had made two attempts to invade the deep of my valley. We had slaughtered them. The Yurks knew where we hid, and we knew that sooner or later they would come for us. I stood on a balcony outside the Arn dwelling I now used as my home. I looked up, but I could not see Mother Sky. All I could see was the blue mist barrier, glowing like no sky could. I looked down and saw the seething molten core of my planet hundreds of miles down. The far wall of the valley was only a thousand feet away at this point and I could see Arn busily going about their daily routines. Here and there, an Endolite would trot by, simply hopping over the Arn in its way. There was one place where there always seemed to be two or three Endolites. At first glance, they were just a couple of warriors, talking, relaxing. But they, or others, had been in that same place for days. What are you thinking? Eldria asked me. What are those Endolites guarding? I asked her. She came and stood beside me. She pressed her small, weak hand against my arm, as she often did. What makes you think they're guarding anything? Every hour of every day, for the last two weeks, there are at least two Endolites over there, in that same location. I said. They don't look like they're guarding anything. And yet, they are there. Every day. Every night. Do you know what it means, Aldria? No, I don't. I'm going for a walk. I'll come with you. I went back inside, then down a set of steps to the walkway level. Along the walkway, Waiting patiently for the slow-moving Arn, I came to a bridge. The bridges were narrow, infrequent, usually crowded, and fairly terrifying to Endolites who were not at all used to heights. They were never more than three feet wide. Even a hork raised in the trees 
found them intimidating. Aldria kept pace with me, steadfastly looking straight ahead and never down. We reached the far side and turned left to get back to the place the Andalites were guarding. Hello, friends, I said to the two overly casual warriors there. We would like to go in there. Why would you want to go in there? One of them asked. Nothing in there for a hork to strain his brain over. The warrior looked past me, saw Aldria, and nodded respectfully. Why are you guarding this place? Aldria asked. The two warriors grew less casual. Their tails rose a few inches. Their hands drifted down toward their holstered shredders. Guarding? Who's guarding? Will you allow us to enter? I asked. Listen to me, genius. This isn't a place for you. Why don't you go find some tree branches to chew on? Genius. It was one of several sneering terms the Andalite warriors had for hork I ignored it. Listen, you! Aldria began to yell. I cut her off. Simple question, friends. Will you allow us to enter? It only requires a yes or no answer. Yes or no. Move along, the warrior said coldly. I turned and walked away. Aldria came up beside me. I guess you have to expect that. The rudeness, I mean. These warriors are under constant pressure. Constant danger. Far from home. They aren't always going to be very sensitive. Their insults mean nothing. I lied. The fact that they are hiding something means something. Let's ask Alaron. No. He gave the orders to guard that place. I guess we'll have to forget about it. Aldria jumped ahead and blocked me. Don't lie to me, Doc. You're going to try and find out what's in there. You just don't trust me to help you. I was determined to remain calm. But I wasn't able. Instead, I shouted. We have fought side by side with your people, and you Andalites still treat us like inferiors. Like errand runners or servants, or like idiot clowns to amuse you. They didn't know who you are, Aldria said. They figured you were just some regular hork Ah, yes. They assumed I was just one of the stupid hork the simple-minded hork the expendable, irrelevant, foolish hork That's not what I meant. Of course it's what you meant, I said bitterly. You Endolites have more respect for the vicious Yurks or the cowardly Arn than you have for the hork who fight and die at your sides. All that matters to your people is intelligence. Well, I've learned enough about Yurk and Andalite and Arn intelligence to make me sick. All the while, Arn were walking around us and even through my legs, ignoring us. You're upset. I understand that. I laughed. You almighty Andalites, 
There is no limit to your arrogance, is there? Well, let me tell you something. We may be simple people, but we don't use biology to invent monsters. And we don't enslave other species. And we don't unleash a plague of parasites on the galaxy, endangering every other free species, and then go swaggering around like the lords of the universe. No, we're too simple for all that. We're too stupid to lie and manipulate. We're too stupid to be ruthless. We're too stupid to know how to build powerful weapons designed to annihilate our enemies. Until you came, Andalite, we were too stupid to know how to kill. That's quite a speech, Aldria said softly. You've been wanting to say all that for a long time, haven't you? The anger had burned itself out. I felt hollow. Not better. Not relieved. Just empty and tired. We were a peaceful people, tending our trees, ignorant of our creators, unaware of everyone else in the galaxy. Now look at us. Now look what has become of us. The despised children of the Arn. Slaves of the Yurks. Tools of the Andalites. Aldria stood close to me and pressed her upper body against my chest. I put my arm carefully around her shoulders. We stood there on the walkway for a long time, blind to all who passed. I will help you find out what they are hiding, Aldria said. Tonight, when the Arn are asleep. You can't go against your own people, I said. She looked at me then, with all her eyes. Doc, I hope it never comes to a choice between my people and... and you. But if it does, I'll stand with you. I smiled. I appreciated what she'd said. But I didn't believe it. Chapter 31 Aldria I went to see Alaron without telling Doc. I asked him what was in the guarded room. He told me very coldly to mind my own business. Alaron had always been arrogant. Now, after months of hopeless battle, he was brutal, distant, and above all, exhausted. I pleaded with him. I even took his hand in mine. The morphing technology was still so new that most people didn't know how it worked. It never occurred to Alaron, as he felt the strange calm and lethargy steal over him, that I was acquiring his DNA. I rejoined Doc in the quarters we remnants of the Hortbashir army had taken. I'm ready, I said. You went to see Alaron. Doc said. I was surprised. I saw Delph Hajul, Jagil's partner, looking ashamed. Jagil himself refused to look at me. Doc, you don't have to use Jagil and Delph to spy on me. I went to Alaron for a reason. I acquired him. That surprised him. I got some small pleasure out of his expression. The morphing technology, 
but he must know what you did. His warriors must have seen. I went over to Delph and took her claw hand in mine. It was just like this, Doc. Alaron felt a momentary peace and calm, as Delph is now feeling. No one watching would even know. I released Delph's hand. Doc nodded. He even smiled. Good plan. We do want to get in without anyone getting hurt, I said. It was so easy morphing Alaron, I barely knew it was happening. There was no mental change. I still had the same and alight instincts. But now, as I walked ahead of Doc, I felt the increased physical power of being in a male form. When I turned my stock eyes back, I saw the heavy tail blade of a male. I also felt the slight male clumsiness, the lack of subtle balance that a female Andalite possesses. I marched steadily, unswerving, unhesitating, toward the guarded door. The guards saw me coming, straightened their pose, and stopped talking. Report, I said. I halfway expected the guards to burst out laughing at me. I may have looked and sounded like Alaron, but I didn't feel like him. Nothing new since... Well, since this orc Bajir here, or one who looks just like him, came by with Ciro's daughter today. Different orc Bajir, I said. But then they do all look alike. Open up. Yes, War Prince Alaron. But the orc Bajir... I turned my stock eye on him. Are you questioning me? No, no, War Prince Alaron. Not at all. The door opened. The guard stepped aside. Stay out here. Watch for the girl. She may come back. We went inside. It was a medium-sized room. I saw no endolites, no arn. The room was filled with equipment, machinery, much of it glowing and flashing. It was an eerie scene. What is all this? Doc asked. I have no idea, I admitted. Some of this is endolite, but I believe most of it is arm. I went over to something I recognized, an endolite computer panel. Computer on, I said. The computer's thought-speak voice requested. I took a deep breath to drive away the fluttering in my stomach. Alaron Semeter Koras, I said. Thought-speak identification confirmed. Ready. The computer said. We will get in very serious trouble if we get caught, I said. Doc smiled. Aldria. We've been in trouble since we first met. Computer, identify the purpose of this facility. Fortunately, computers don't understand the concept of a suspicious question. The computer answered, This facility uses our biotechnology, matched with Vendelite computer technology, to formulate and produce biological specimens. I frowned. What biological specimens? That's an organic medicine, 
I told Doc. Advance Q118. My heart's skipped a beat. Why would anyone be creating a virus? Explain the exact purpose of virus Q118. Virus Q118 is a quantum virus. It is designed to attack a specific type of living creature at the subatomic level, bypassing all possible countermeasures. It is designed to cause death within minutes. No, I whispered. Ask it what specific type of living creature, Doc demanded. For a moment, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't, because the computer would answer. The computer would tell the truth, and I couldn't hear the truth. Ask it, Doc snapped. Computer, what species is virus Q118 designed to attack? Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs auditory experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. And sorry this one's a little late. It was because My Chemical Romance put out a new song for the first time in, like, 15 years. And I got very distracted. (laughs) Um, Go listen to it if you're into My Chemical Romance. It's a pretty good track. Uh, Gives me big... um, bullet era a little bit it, it's not quite as uh grungy or i don't i don't know enough music to be using adjectives but it's not quite the kind of screamo hardcore that they were doing in bullet but it's definitely not danger days you know it's much closer to bullets than danger days we'll say and i enjoyed it a lot um so that's been my plug for this week <laughs> but uh thank you all for listening i don't have any messages but if you'd like to leave a message uh, you can do that in so many ways you can do that through gmail that's audiomorphscast at gmail.com you can do it on tumblr that's audiomorphscast.tumblr.com and of course you can do that on my website theapocalypse.com that's the apocalypse like apocalypse but with the d in the middle which is also where you can see uh, any other projects i have going on which currently is just my rewatch podcast with my friend art we're currently rewatching uh, riverdale and are wrapping up season four soon we actually finished recording the last episode of season four last week but that won't be out for a while also a quick showkeeping note uh we are fast approaching the end of this book we have three more chapters and an epilogue left i believe and so my plan is my tentative plan is to try to get all four of those done next week and uploaded uh for that week's episode because the week after that I'm probably going to take off because I'm doing a little bit of traveling. Um, My sister is graduating college. Big moment. Uh, So I got to be there. Um, So that's that's the plan. We'll see if it happens. I would really like it to do it that way because then instead of breaking right before the ending of the book, we can have a break right after a book ends and then recalibrate and jump into the next one, you know? Uh, So we'll we'll see how that works out. But you heard it here first. That's the plan. (laughs) All right. Uh, I don't have anything else to say here, I don't think. Um, Happy new MCR song day to those who celebrate, and I will see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. Yeah.